0: Forgive me if I need more than a day to come to terms with being a failed genetic experiment. Not that any of you care. Uh,
1: you're not the only one on the ship with a sob story. Well, who can top that? Is your father hunting you down? So maybe Gwyn has me beat. I wouldn't be so sure. We each have things in our past we wish to forget. Some more than others. Hey,
0: why would you read my mind? Because I care.
2: strange new takes i'm your host notch and with me sharing their tragic backstories are
0: rudy kasbaker
1: and adam bowen welcome to strange new takes today we'll be sharing a recap of the star trek prodigy episode preludes
0: and do follow us on social media at strange new takes on facebook instagram and twitter uh we love your ratings and we love um you, 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 listening listening to y'all come, reaching out to us. Also, uh, these social media companies need some love at this time, so do interact with them. <laughs> Think of the Twitter, folks.
2: Uh, I try not to. Um, and <laughs> no. as always, make sure you watch Preludes and maybe the rest of Star Trek Prodigy before you listen to our episode. Uh, otherwise, you're going to get spoiled. We also spoil usually spoil a bunch of other Star Trek stuff. So, yeah. Alright, well, as Adam told us earlier, this is the 16th episode of the first season of Star Trek Prodigy. It's called Preludes, and it first aired on December 1st, 2022. It was written by, and I think the writing credit here is being given to the entire writers room. So you've got Kevin and Dan Hageman, Julie Benson, Shauna Benson, Lisa Schultz boyd Nikhil S. Jairam, Diandra Pendleton-Thompson, Chad Quant. And Aaron J. Waltke. Uh also a William Shakespeare, given a writing credit, because the Bard writes, has inspired us all to write, you know, in history. So we really should thank him, too, in the writing credits. Don't you think, Adam? Yes. I, okay. I always make sure to thank the Bard whenever I can. Or actually, maybe Aaron J. Waltke is the new William Shakespeare. Uh, so, you know, see how I uh, I... I buttered up our famous listener there just a little bit. Uh, <laughs> um, so whichever intern listens to all the podcasts could be, hey, Aaron, they praised you again. You should
0: listen to this episode. Oh my God. <laughs> and you want to praise the intern as well? So he he does yeah, say that. Yeah, yeah. She does say that.
2: Exactly. You know, maybe the intern should get a writing credit in the next episode, don't you think? I think that's just there appropriate. Clearly, they're very discerning uh, adjudicator well, of podcast quality.
1: At the very least, we'll give you a credit in our episode uh, if you let us know who you are.
2: <laughs> perfect.
1: Perfect. There we
2: go. Uh, Strange New Takes, written by, you know, and anyway. Okay. Well, this episode was directed by Steve Inchung on An Suncheon. It's in universe date is 2384. There is no star date. Here's the episode summary from Memory Alpha. A Starfleet Admiral. A Starfleet Admiral? Like. I think she's got a name. But anyway, a Starfleet Admiral digs into the past of the Protostar crew. Meanwhile, the Diviner recalls his life's mission. Uh, Short and sweet. But we always start our episodes with our strange new takes. And I'm actually going to go first this time. Um, What they don't tell you about giant snowblowers are that they are very difficult to control and very heavy. So, like, if, for example, your battery runs out near the other end of your lot... Pushing that thing back into the garage about as much effort as plowing or like shoveling the snow would have been. Um, so so be careful when you have your when you have your giant snowblowers like I do. In relation to this episode, man, this was like they decided to take the anti-Battlestar Galactica approach. Like Battlestar Galactica was like. We're going to tell you three words of a character's backstory in episode one. Then you'll get the fourth word in episode 38. And then we won't tell you anything else. And then at the end, we'll be like, actually, none of it matters because God did it all. (laughs) And so here they're like, no, actually, there's like, there's backstories for all the characters. And they're really sad. Like, really sad.
0: Ouch. Uh Alright, um, for me, I've been I've been missing for a few weeks and a lot has happened uh, and it may or may not have been talked about, but I'm so excited about it, I have to call it out. Um, Artemis 1 finally launched, woohoo, went to the moon, uh, took some amazing pictures. There's also like this, I don't know if it's quite for real, but there's almost like this live feed of Artemis on YouTube um, orbiting the moon so you can... You can watch your earth rises and earth sets and all that kind of funky stuff that we could only enjoy from Apollo footage. Uh, so this is getting real and and you know fingers crossed everything works out well. The next mission is going to be a long time from now so let's enjoy this one. Uh, I'm I'm loving the imagery and feed coming in. Uh, the launch was also beautiful. It was it was um, I, I obviously didn't go but Um, It was at night, so there was a little bit of, you know, hey, it should have been in the day, could have seen it better. It is is a whole different thing to view it at night. You have like a black sky and then everything is lit. It's um, almost like watching one of those nuclear explosion videos. Um, There's a a true sound YouTube video on the Artemis one launch. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it. It is, it is, it puts you there. so yeah, is that's it like one.
2: NASA take dipping their feet into the asthma videos uh things it's like <sighs>
0: <laughs> I I don't know if it's NASA. I think it's like some, you know, uh somebody's taken the initiative. I'm not sure, but it is it is beautiful. You you could look it up, it it's definitely got a lot of likes. Um and and then yeah, the other the other take uh is the World Cup's going on. The the Soccer, also known in the rest of the world, football World Cup, uh, that's been exciting. A lot of um, you know, minnows doing well, making it into the knockout stages. That's always good to see. Um, so, so life's been good. Uh, and because uh, I was busy with all these things, I didn't 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 get to keep keep in touch with um Prodigy. So I got the opportunity to watch, um. The last three episodes in one shot, I was I was just telling Adam and Notch that was uh, nice. It was almost like a little movie. And I haven't seen a Star Trek movie in a while, so so that felt good. Um, and all of this, the most meaningful thing for me was the on are really bad. They just keep kidnapping kids around. <laughs> yeah, everyone's <laughs> back <backstory laughs> to the, the Kazon. Yeah, and, and maybe, again, if the intern's listening, maybe a word of advice is that this is... This is uh, you know, one of those, uh, you know, y- young people watching kind of learn lessons kind of show. Maybe don't, uh, you know, brand a race as generally bad <laughs> and kidnapping across the board. <laughs> Maybe show some good Kazons. Have, have we seen any yet? Um, I mean, I think we saw one or two with those teens, right? Like those teens going through rites of passage. But um, hashtag I don't know. not all Kazon.
1: <laughs>
0: so that's my take
1: yeah for uh let's see i I, i've got an obvious one for for my strange new take for the real world which is uh we are in the middle of uh adopting a another batch of uh chickens so they have they have all been brought uh from the facility and they're in quarantine now uh i have met one of them and uh she is going to be one of our chickens so we're, we're very delighted to to see her um uh, doesn't have a lot of feathers right now because they're she's in the middle of her molt, but uh, she she's a good girl, as as uh, you all must know. Uh, so for the episode, It'd be kind
2: of weird if you were like, and she sucks.
1: <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, no, she's great. Uh, so for the episode, uh, yeah i i, th- I think uh kind of echoing notch it was it was nice getting to just actually see people's backstories i i think in particular um i was most uh interested in seeing what jenkins backstory was because i i sort of didn't understand what the whole uh generation ship situation was supposed to be and so uh yeah, we got to learn some about his some about his character, uh, which fits in with kind of I guess things that we already knew. But um, I don't know. Uh, getting to like Jankum more
2: and more. Wow, that's significant. I think you were, gonna... were you one of you two was like the original Jankum hater. I Oh yeah, which one. He, I
1: I think I I said that he had uh, uh big Pumbaa energy or something. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> well, there you go.
0: I'm going to jump in and respond to both your comments, Adam. Um, firstly, um, your your chicken stories have had so much of an impact on me. I've mentioned before that I, I've al- al- already like visualized a chicken children's book, picture book, right? Uh, which you should definitely, <laughs> um, you know, author someday. But it went to a whole new level when I, you know, it being Thanksgiving and the traditional pardoning of the turkey by, the, by POTUS. Um, and then there was like a whole history of like, Turkeys past and and Obama's dad jokes related to uh, pardoning a turkeys and (laughs) you know what I thought of you Adam you are you're like you're you're presidential in what you do with uh, with your chickens so um, kudos to you there we go Um, I never thought
1: I would be compared to Obama but there we go I I have been
0: (laughs) (laughs) and I was. really impressed by Jenkins uh backstory. I think he beats um Sigourney Weaver and um um and Cortana and Master Chief in in like really being one of those generation chip ship savior type of people who keeps things going when others are asleep and and you know potentially gonna die. He, he's right up there in, in Hall of Fame of Generation uh ship heroes.
2: Yeah. Like, he 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 was, like... And, and the ending of that story, man. Yeah. Let's, let's just take Jenkin's story, because we're halfway into it already. So, I mean, just to cover the in-depth story thing, for a second there, Dal complains that, oh, you guys have had it easy. My life sucks. Like, parents just don't understand. And then, uh, like, everyone on the ship is like, uh, actually, here's my backstory and it's probably worse than yours uh, <laughs> arguable not really everyone like i think the the everyone holds hands and says we all are all our lives sucked at the end that that's like that's i think the better message there but anyway um with jacob Pog, though he's on a tellerite generation ship which i guess my first question becomes how long ago was this thing like launched you know and, and why did they need a generation ship uh yeah, yeah
1: it, I I guess I hadn't really considered that because it it's uh it it does seem weird for the Tellarites like as part of the Federation to just send all their orphans on a generation ship because they don't have resources and want to get rid of them. So yeah, it is uh hadn't really considered it, but he, this might be from hundreds of years ago.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and so so it was apparently it had miners on it, like we know this about about the story, and it was sent to the Delta Quadrant, right? Like, so maybe they want to go explore uh, the Delta Quadrant, send minerals back or something, but, like, when was it launched? Was it near its location, its destination when Pog was launched? Because you could think that Pog, like, was woken up about halfway through and then fixed the stuff, and then when he took the, you know, the escape part at the end, uh, he got... Like, it was halfway to its destination, you know? So maybe there's, like, another 100 years left or whatever for it to get yeah. to wherever it's going.
0: So, maybe it's an interesting time to do a, uh, a comparative age chart on the crew, which will which will be kind of twisted. Because they're all kids. But Jenkin's pro- probably, like, 100-plus years old, technically, if he's been in stasis or whatnot, or growing slowly. Um, Gwen's, like... Younger than everybody because she's from the future, kind of, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Doesn't it laughs> so make it you want to just, like, it, it, yeah, or
1: it, compel, and then you, you don't even know. I'm um, not sure that she is from the future. She might be from, It did he did he create her after traveling back in time? Because she, she wasn't in
2: uh, his bit of backstory. So mm. the other question I have is, and this is, I think, like, I don't know, maybe Rudy, you have a better answer for this because you know spacing a little bit better than me isn't the problem with generation ships that by the like 200 years later or whenever they get wherever they're going, technology back home has advanced so much that they might have something that can overtake the generation ship. So like the generation ship gets to wherever it's going and then it's like, actually we got here like 50 years before you. Guys.
1: Yeah, there's <laughs> lots
2: of uh, sci-fi stories that it, that have that as the theme
1: to them. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: I guess it's like, you know, you don't know that when you're sending it out, it's like you're you're hedging, you're placing bets, um, and then all yeah, you don't know if your civilization gets extinguished, so you wanna sort of pansper- panspermeate a little, but but send some intellect along. So there's a little bit of that, but yeah, so many generational ship stories. Actually, saw one recently that I think is Scandinavian. I don't, I don't remember which country, and it was it was it's pretty intense. It was called. Aniara or something, A N I A R A, and it, it it caught my attention because it's it's the combination of mine and my wife's first names, but it means like something terrible. It means like despair or something. And it, it, oh. I don't want to spoil the plot because I think you guys haven't seen it. But it is, it is a hard hitting um, generation. It's not a generational ship, but it's a ship that like loses, it goes off course and loses all its ability to produce thrust like it loses power generation so it's just like it's space so it's just continuously going and people try to survive so yeah uh
2: if i can go can i go on a tangent too for a minute i'm already on one so okay i'm gonna take in i just started listening to the uh 80s hugo award-winning book hyperion have you guys have either of you listened to this no heard of it yeah, so it's I think it's it's a Dan Simmons novel, it won, the which there are four books, apparently, and the first one was published in 1989, and it won the Hugo Award that year. And it's basically a look at what society could look like about four or 500 years from now in the 29th century, or actually, maybe it's like a, a little bit further than that. It's based on the 29th century, where man has got a bunch of different worlds under its control old earth has been destroyed and uh there's actually a species of humans who have only been spacefaring called the ousters and then the ais have their own kind of faction called the techno core and it's there's this like mysterious killer entity on the planet hyperion and that's what I, I, there's there's not much more I can say without spoiling pieces of it, but mm. it's, it's a pretty interesting book. Uh, I really like it. And it deals a little bit with the question of generation ships. And it also has uh, a concept of time debt. So where, because of the way time travel or uh, travel through space works, people arrive at certain other places. And, you know, th- less time has passed for them than the people on that planet yeah so it's pretty neat it's a pretty neat book hyperion uh I'll recommend it
0: I'll recommend it my anyway, plug for general uh you were going to bring us back on course uh, no, no no
2: no no
1: one more time let's keep it's plugging okay. uh, I, i've got one too <laughs> all right go on, go on. Let's, go. let's go the let's go
0: solar our system. episodes were too short recently <laughs> heading out of the solar system and going past the kuiper belt and, and continuing on our tangent right now no i was just going to say my uh i haven't read too much sci-fi and I mentioned this to Adam, I think a few months back and he's been nudging me to read stuff outside of mainstream, uh, literature, but, um, in mainstream literature, my favorite, uh, in terms of generational ships has been the Rama series by Arthur C. Clark. So, mm, yeah. mm. um, that's, that's nice. Uh, it, 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 the whole, the whole thing, the whole package. And I think it's, it's being planned for a TV series a film, or a movie even, uh, but mm. the guy who's doing Dune, uh,
2: maybe i should uh, maybe i should make that my next book that i listen to yeah interesting well yeah
1: I, uh, so i i've got two generationship recommendations for for myself so uh one is i uh, i think interesting from this perspective of like uh resource usage and like interesting lessons about like what, what is the purpose of, uh, space exploration and and things like that, uh, from Kim Stanley Robinson. It's a book called Aurora, uh, which, uh, Mm. if you, uh, if you might be aware of his books, uh, uh, he has a Mars trilogy for red Mars, green Mars and blue Mars, uh, that he wrote back in the, uh, early to mid nineties, um, about terraforming Mars, which are pretty great. Um, and this one is is sort of a uh has some similar themes in there but uh yeah it, it's just it's an interesting uh book that's it's not quite a generation ship but certainly like it is intended to be a ship that people can like live their whole lives on so maybe i guess technically is uh another one that's uh uh i think my my favorite one of my favorite book series to come out recently is uh the book uh children of time and children of ruin by adrian tchaikovsky uh there's some generationship stuff in there too uh and lots of interesting sort of uh post-human uh 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 sort of alien mind type stuff to to do deal with too so great book
2: man you guys suck giving me so many books to not listen to instead of like because I go like fiction, non-fiction, but then every time I have to go to a non-fiction book, I'm like, I just want a fiction book. And then I like get tempted away and I listen to some fiction instead. But now you've got me some good reasons to ignore the non-fiction books again and uh, just have fun stories to listen to. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Anyway, good recommendations, guys. But Jacob Park didn't have any of this stuff. He had to instead go and start fixing things around the ship while uh, while a little robot that refused to learn his name... Uh, kept telling him to do stuff. Also, is this the first time that we've legit seen a toilet in Star Trek? Did, in that Lower Deck episode when they're in the shower, do we see a toilet? Because, like, not only did we see a toilet here, we saw a toilet overflowing.
1: Yeah, and and that, like, plungers are still
2: a thing that exists, uh, too. And, and they're not just a human thing. Like, other species also require them.
1: I... I certainly can't recall seeing one I, I i mean if anyone has shown one like at least on screen, it would have been uh lower decks but uh uh can I type toilet into memory alpha let's see
2: so apparently i'm seeing I'm seeing a there's a brig toilet that has photographs on the memory alpha uh page. There is some. Um, there is I, I li- some I, something that that <laughs> has that,
0: and I can't find the origin of these photographs that are on here. I like the it, play-by-play read and the anticipation.
1: It 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 looks like oh, it. This looks like a Star Trek: uh, The Motion Picture or something. Final
0: Frontier. The brig aboard Starfleet
2: oh. ships included facilities such as a sink and a toilet, which were enclosed behind the wall. I need it, and a sign above the toilet: "Red, do not use while in space, (laughs) dog. Oh my god! Oh my god! Um, Yeah. So apparently, you can see a wide shot of it while the like core of the Enterprise is being extracted in Final Frontier. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So not the first toilet that we've seen, but definitely more—maybe the more most graphic one. Uh, that we've seen in Star Trek. So there we go. I was really touched by the whole Jackie Pog story. I think it kept with his attitude really nicely. Like it was like touching, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like weepy. You know, it was like it kind of had that melancholic but stoic yeah. feel to it. Yeah, and, and like he
1: he ha- he has to like make that uh that decision to like isolate himself and and strand himself, but he's he, he doesn't do much hesitation. It's just uh, he, ma- he makes a quick realization like that's the thing that he needs to do. And then he just does
2: it. Which is exactly what we've seen him do throughout this whole show. Yeah. He doesn't wait to like jump in and save people
1: yeah he uh he'll complain the whole time or or like kind of act like he's not going to do it uh but yeah he but when the time comes to and he like realizes that actually he's the one that needs to do this thing he is absolutely uh risen to the
2: occasion every time yeah yeah that's pretty amazing actually i mean that i i i really think he's one of the like more um laudable characters i think on this show.
1: Yeah, and, and it's it's weird uh with with the way that he's portrayed <laughs> that that he ends up being that way. And, and I and yeah. I, I think it's uh it 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 feels like it it kind of mirrors the other side of the um uh the next generation episode. Is it uh I forget the name of it, but the one where uh Troy is learning uh is taking the command test and learns that she needs to uh like in order to resolve the test, she needs to order Jordy to his death. Uh, it it feels like sort of the other side of that, of, like, realizing that at some point uh, in your career, you may have to lay down your, li- your life uh, for your crewmates and that, like, part of being in Starfleet is that you need to
2: be fully willing to do that. Yeah, and Jenkum is 100% on board with that. Yes.
0: Engineering, guys, the uh, unsung profession.
2: Well, and and I think it's, like, not only is he, like, 100% on board with that, when, when he can't, like, get the robot to, like, acknowledge his presence, when he's like, you must tell them of my, of my sacrifice or whatever. He doesn't, he doesn't, like, write a note or, like, spray paint the, like, bulkhead or whatever, like, Jenkum was here or something. Yeah, it's just like a, uh oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, right. I wonder if in a future episode we'll, like, come across these guys and basically they'll, they'll know. You know, like maybe they saw the like hollow recordings or something like that. You know what I mean?
0: And, and just want to call out that, you know, the writing of Prodigy has been really good in, in having us, you know, um, maybe even trick us slightly into building perceptions on characters early on by by initial perceptions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, especially Gwen, you know, originally and then now um and then giving that backstory, they they haven't quite nailed it yet with with Dal, Um but uh, but I think they've got it right with the other two, uh, in my yeah, opinion I, at least.
1: I, I assume his backstory isn't like they didn't give it
0: to us because they were going to see it in the
1: future, and it's not going to just be like he was grown from a test tube and then immediately given to the diviner, like <laughs> in the next scene. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yep. So so okay, so we we covered Jenkin. We had a few other stories as well that were told. Uh easily I think the most troubling is Rock Docs if you ask me at least. I I thought Yeah,
1: it's and th- this one's also pretty sad because it's just uh like that it's this sort of uh semi heartwarming story about like her and the hero that, uh, like they can't understand each other, but they're, they're probably both slaves. Uh, it's just that she's not a, uh, like she's too young to really kind of understand what situation she's in. And it does like the, uh, it's, it, it, it is sad seeing how she is, uh, I, I think it's kind of like at the beginning she's a little bit troubled by the by what's going on, but she sort of grows to have this relationship with this guy, but realizes uh that the whole thing is kind of exploiting uh her appearance uh for the pleasure of the crowd and whatnot, mm-hmm. so it's just and th- and then yeah to have a her honest attempt at uh like changing the uh the reality of her situation and her relationship with the hero just turns against her and she's immediately sent to the
2: Kazans. It's, I think, the other thing that you have, I, that really got me is, like, how young she is. Like, she's this is it's not just, like, I mean, this this story would be bad enough if it was, like, a child or whatever, or not. If it was just, like, an adult slave. But the fact that she's yeah. a child in this situation makes it, like, way worse. And she's just happy to get her neutral goop every day, like.
1: yeah. And, and it and it ties in well because we saw her get the Nutragoop uh earlier in the in the season and uh sort of that that hint that she kind of likes it and it's just um yeah it it seeing like seeing the background of the Nutragoop specifically was interesting.
2: Yeah, no. She was, has
0: she has um had some solo introspection time. I, do we know how long, though? Uh, but in that time dilation episode where the ship is like... Yeah. It, it we don't could, know if I it's weeks
1: it, or months or years, right? Yeah, it's, uh, I, has, I think it's probably on the order of years,
0: but, like, maybe she also didn't age during that time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but but I think, to, to, to you guys' point, um, the way it, it sort of plays out is because she is so young and naive and she, she's looking for, for affection, right? Like, or... Mm-hmm. or uh, acceptance and and she just doesn't get that being the, being the villain or the bad person in that in in those setup matches, I just gotta say though, you know, kiddo or baby kitchens are the cutest. This is like the second time in Prodigy that they showed one. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true.
2: And and we, I mean, to your point, just now, Rudy, like it's she tries to turn the show into something fun by making this comedy and her like companion is working with her on that but it's not good enough for the like big boss the slaver and so he just sells her like it's this is like really intense stuff like this could be a tng episode like it's it's really hard stuff to talk to kids about if you ask me Uh, not being a parent like it's it's it can lead to some very difficult questions from your children about like who would do something like this
1: yeah yeah it gets like right into the heart of it is it's like it's it's that it's it's like uh exploitation of someone's like uh uh who like looks exotic or or is like characterized as a monster Uh, and it's just uh yeah it it goes uh it's not just a um a light telling of it
0: it would have been it would have been easier for the writers to just portray the the hero uh, as somebody who gets frustrated and is self centered and like doesn't like what has happened and uh, you know yeah. that's where the, the the spat happens right that's so much easier but um, the they've given some depth there in making it like an unfortunate situation where the hero is like he's made a fool off, but he's not like angry he's sad and then he's sad to see her go I mean I, I hope. Uh, it feels like it but i really do hope this is setting up for a reunion at some point in time soon yeah,
1: yeah. Th- th- there's it, i don't know because it's we we get so much expression out of him because you see that moment where like she starts changing the script it does feel like he's he's disappointed and like is is fr- is like, like frustrated but it and I, I guess to some degree, I'm wondering if if he... The thing that he's dealing with in that moment is he realizes that she's going to get sold because of this. Yeah. Like, th- that this is nice this thought. is going to ruin the whole
2: uh, charade. I, I mean, I, don't, I don't... I'll be honest with you guys. This is, like... That dude is no better than the slaver, right? Like, he's participating in the exploitation of a child. Like, come on. You know what I'm saying? Like, I... You, you can make an argument to me about, like there's you know um maybe he's being coerced or whatever but it, I, this episode doesn't give me enough to like mm. to want that uh no to they, want him back. that's
1: that's fair I, I think my my read is is was that they were uh like he's he's also not getting anything out of this like they're both getting the neutral group like they're they both don't have any choice about the uh yeah. sort of the way this is all going down but i don't know
0: it's like that Voyager episode with Dwayne Johnson, right? Uh, with that herojin who's trying to train somebody. Simgatsi, Simgatsi, <laughs> there you go, right? Uh, who Who is the person being trained? It wasn't. It wasn't. Um, two seven, off, right? seven of Seven. Seven. Of yes. 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 Um yeah. So maybe maybe somebody like that.
2: Yeah, I mean, we we'll see, right? Like if they if they have a, I think they've introduced a character here who could like come back. It's the same thing with the Jankum generate the 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 sleeper ship is that mm-hmm. they could they could have Jencom encounter those thosestellarites again right like we there's there some powerful stuff that could come out of this we just sort of see where they go with it um so what about uh then we have zero's story where, where we get to see some callouts to TOS uh in some of the the the, sh- the ship the box that zero is captured in. And then we get, like, basically the Kazon, which, as you were saying before, the Kazon are, like, the big bads in this episode. Like, every time something bad happens, like, you, you, I would, I would, like, not be surprised if Bog's sleeper ship, like, some Kazon had beamed over and broken everything that he had to fix. Like, (laughs) they're the ones responsible for all of the problems in this episode. But yeah, they buy, like, Rock Doc to, like, sell her to the Diviner, and they capture Zero.
1: yeah it it was uh i don't know i i i i wasn't expecting that to be zero's backstory like it it, it I, <laughs> I guess to to some degree it it kind of felt weird that that they have like a um like a, a federation looking ship and are just a bunch of like fo- floating gas clouds that were like frolicking on the planet's surface but uh yeah with um
0: is <laughs> it, simplified It was greatly simplified. And why would they need a ramp to go into the ship or something
1: like that? Yeah, I I thought they were just like non-corporeal gas clouds who were just like always in existence or something like that.
2: Well, and they they communicate telepathically. So that's one of the more important things also that we get in this episode is we have the best explanation of zero telepathy, where zero is like kind of, first of all, non-consensually reading thoughts. uh, All the time. Not great, Bob uh don't do that, but uh yeah we also get zero talking about how the um when when they're among their own species there is no communication verbally it's all done
0: through um through telepathy and they're, they're explorers, um, scientists and whatnot, right? Uh, Those old scientists, you would say. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, so the Medusans, basically, they're on this planet. They're, like, floating about, having fun. And Zero's like, I'm going to go explore this bright light, which is, you know, like, hasn't Zero watched any, like, horror movies from the 70s? Like, don't go off on your own, man. There's yeah. the chainsaw around the corner. And then... Zero gets captured by the as as Max once called them the trash clingers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> One other call out, and maybe you guys can tell me. I don't know if it's been done much in in Star Trek, but the planet they were on, uh, the 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 sky, the night sky or whatever the sky had like this huge. Um, spiral galaxy like a sombrero galaxy type of thing on edge in the sky if, if i'm remembering co- correctly and that almost makes it feel like it's not a part of this galaxy if you were to think logically in realistic terms but then it makes no sense that the Kazon were there uh has that happened in star trek in general like huge galaxy taking like in the backdrop uh, in, in the sky because that that shouldn't happen in the Milky Way, right?
2: I think we need to use the bill directive here. Don't think too hard about this stuff.
0: I, I mean, definitely.
1: There, there's lo- at least in like the the opening credits of things that we're like always visiting quasars and shit like that. Which like qua quasars are not a thing that you can visit. <laughs> Billions <laughs> if you're staying in of the Milky so- Way.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think this is one of those things where you just got to be like, uh, you know. So,
0: so no. It's so I was kids, like, man. Oh, they were from another galaxy, you know, like the caretaker species or whatnot. And then I'm like, Kazans, no.
2: <laughs> so sense. the Borg, um, no, the the Medusans, obviously, as we found out from the earlier episode. And I don't think we know exactly where they're from. I don't. So, so the Medusan homeworld. Um, I, I I don't know if we know the... Well,
1: it, like we it's know that mentioned it's... mentioned
2: in dialogue, but I don't think it, it, we know where it is. Well, and, and I, I guess maybe there's...
1: Uh, memory Alpha is maybe uh, connecting some dots that aren't necessarily uh, uh, actually verified, but uh, in the original series, uh, is there, in truth, no beauty? They're transporting Ambassador Kolos to his home. Like, is his home the Medusan homeworld, or... 'Cause if it is, then it's it's like alpha or beta quadrant, because that's what the enterprise had access to. But uh I suppose that it, it's not he, he could he could just be going back to Texas or something like that.
2: <laughs> 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 and the Medusans take over Texas. <laughs> uh okay. All right. Well, Zero gets captured and and there's not I think this is the least like deep of the stories. It's like you know frolicking medusan gets captured by the evil kazon and then is transported over to the diviner where he meets gwyn and then is used as a torture object by the diviner basically because as we recall the diviner opens the box and exposes uh his enemies to zero to basically give them the memory killing thing that zero does by being visible also, the the Kazon are wearing those like special visors that I guess prevent them from having that effect happen to them. So there is technology that you can have to avoid the the Medusan impact on your brain.
0: Is that is that ver- verified? Because it has to be that, otherwise, like that's a loophole as well, right? Like, or it's their hair maybe.
2: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, their hair is just so full of trash that like it just falls over there. Eyes and covers it enough. Uh yeah, I don't know. Well, uh the the other backstory that we get in this episode is by the the Vindicator. Did you catch this? The who the Vindicator is. I'm seeing blank looks. Are you are you quizzing us? Yeah, that was that was not we're a rhetorical question. So uh, the Vindicator, Vindicator is Vindicator versus diviner. So so the oh, trio yes, and she yes. her real yes. designation in the the order is the vindicator while you know the other dude that we've been dealing with so far is the diviner so apparently they all have different different um adverbs as their names and all the other ones are dead uh but or yeah, stuck I, in that like time tube
1: yeah maybe it it, it <laughs> is world. interesting that like Cause it's almost like the diviner. Like it makes sense in terms of like what they've been doing. Like he, he was trying to find the protostar. So he's the diviner, but they were all trying to find the protostar. So like, it's like by accident, his name ended up making a lot of sense. And I guess like hers is She's rescuing his mission, so she's the vindicator. i I don't, I don't know <laughs> it's It's very convenient that these are the two ones that survived uh, but uh I guess we'll we'll find out if someone else is uh, uh, also gonna be from the future
0: so basically well, one thing's for sure i I was speculating a few episodes back that the the weapon could be Gwen herself as opposed to the circular thingy, the red circular thingy. It's not right. It's pretty clearly the red circular thingy. Yeah. And between those two ships, there was only one of them, which is also interesting. Like the Vindicator didn't have one, the Diviner did, um, and then they put it on the Protostar. So that's uh, that's sorted.
2: Yeah, yeah. Basically, the we also find out the Protostar's backstory now in this episode. So it's like answering a crap ton of questions. Yeah. So, let's let's cover that briefly, right? So, the Protostar shows up on the... About, so, the Vaunikot have had a first contact with the Federation, and then they have a civil war between the people who want closer contact with the Federation, and those who want to preserve their closer, their old way of life. Uh, and then the Protostar, right after the Civil War, are trying to discuss what to do and how to, like, basically they end up blaming the Federation for the whole thing. And as they're deciding what to do, Chakotay shows up with this Protostar, and apparently a bird commander... Uh, <laughs> like where's this bird been the rest of prodigy so far we've not seen them before so but there's a bird on the ship and then Chakote gets captured by a bunch of robots and the bird does do. and then Chakote finds a way to command the protostar to fly away unfortunately he did not have the power to have it beam him and the bird up before it flew away
1: yeah so so is Jakote <laughs> like th- 30 or 40 years in
0: the future? Yep, he's stuck like there. Also yeah. is that the bird from Lord X? I don't think that's McGlemo, <laughs> but maybe, who knows. <laughs> it can't be. It would cut too many it would cut down through too many parental ratings. So <laughs> I, well, I don't and, yeah.
1: and it, this is it it can't be McGlemo because uh these are at roughly the same timeline I think, right? Uh it, are they the yeah. same year? They might be a, a offset by a year or two. They're both early
2: 2380s. Uh, yeah, something like that. I don't. I haven't looked at the exact uh, dates on the Lower Decks episodes yet, but I think it's around the same time. But you could say that Miglimo went into a transporter and then got cloned and, you know, <laughs> this is the William Miglimo or Thomas Miglimo, depending on how you feel about things. Anyway, so so the ship goes back, the Vaunicot found the order, and they decide to all board their ships and head back because they only have a few ships left. As you were saying, Adam, a bunch of them die, and only the Vindicator and the Diviner are left. It sounds like they get spit out at different points in time. The Vindicator ingratiates herself into Starfleet, mm-hmm. whereas the diviner starts seeking the protostar and ends up finding it.
0: Yep. And and um uh... What are those? Uh, what are those helper mean bots called? Dreadnoughts, right? That one does a a, a decent uh, a Starfleet table, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Apparently, Dreadnought, multifunctional can like kill your enemies and have you put your feet up and drink coffee off them. Uh,
1: I I I've confirmed. I, I, apparently, uh, Lower Decks is a prequel to. Uh, to prodigy so it is entirely possible that this Uh-oh. is M-
2: Miglimo. Uh, it is he's... not actually it's a named character whose name is Commander Adrik who I was going with a joke but it's it, there's actually a, a name oh okay uh,
0: for for the character <laughs> so i'm sorry bird commander is somebody else i hope there's no exocoms on the Protostar or left behind in the future uh, that we have <laughs> met so far who knows mm-hmm. you know <laughs>
2: yeah i guess this is uh you know, I'm glad you made that, that connection because this could be that bird, like the eagle species that Lower Dex meets. It's not confirmed yet, but it very much looks like the same characters. <laughs> oh, my <God>. oh, no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> we just, like, we, we have to see him without the u- uniform to see if he has gigantic pecs. <laughs>
2: Oh, oh, no, I don't, uh, guys, I had, I'm sorry, but I had, like, uh, I tried to forget that episode, (laughs) (laughs) and then Rudy had to, like, bring it back and remind me. Uh, (laughs) There's lessons
0: to be learned.
2: (laughs) Yeah, right, mathematically perfect redemption. Oh, oh, what was the name of the, the, the male bird in that? Oh, Roda, <laughs> <Raw dog. laughs>
1: Oh, it does say that his his species is uh Aurelian, uh, which oh, which it? would actually not make him the that bird. There's there's uh, oh, it's it's, I,
2: the, it's the one that basically Peter Hamper compares them to the Aurelians. Yes, yeah, Roda is a uh, areior.
0: Yeah, That's too close for comfort in terms of phonetics. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He, this is not. He's not an areola. Uh, the <laughs> who... Oh, Star Trek! You're oh so God. funny. I <laughs>
1: just, I just, <laughs> I just clicked on the. So, uh, if you go into the Aurelian, uh, in memory alpha if you click on it it's the first sentence says the aurelians were an ornithoid species who had been associated with the federation since at least the mid 23rd century like you click on ornithoid it's just a picture of a seagull it's titled bird
2: you got to love that obscure wikis and how they show like <laughs> normal things that wikipedia already has pages on uh okay all right well we 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 should we should keep moving down our path here so the Vindicator shares the backstory of why she exists and how she relates to the Diviner. There's some cool stuff about when we last knew each other, we were the same age. We are no longer the same age because we've you know been thrown back in different points in time. And while all this is going on, Janeway is hanging out with her first officer, trying to figure out why the protostar is not responding to any hails. But then she gets a a what is it, like a bounty sheet? Yeah, the, the, the
1: like the original commun or not the original communication, but yeah, the thing that had been handed out by the diviner, uh, to uh uh try to capture the the children.
2: Yeah. But which it they're has, all convenient mugshots.
0: Yeah, it has it has details that indicate that, you know, like gives the backstories of each of these, um these kids. So it's almost felt like a security brief. Um, but y- y- you can see what the show is trying to do. The writers trying to do. They are making sure that um, chasing Janeway is that what we call her chasing Janeway, real Janeway uh, is, is, is held in, in good, good standing. And like, she's got shot at by <laughs> like photon torpedo launched at her face um, at the Dauntless. And, and still she's giving these, she's like yeah they're kids they're kids yeah yeah, yeah. um so i don't know like if, if this is a real Jane Wade in non-animation world she wouldn't be this uh forgiving um, i think
1: we've at least re- redeemed her like at least from like uh emily had some worries that uh they were going to make like real jane wade kind of Admiral. evil or something like that or just like the the bad person the the uh antagonist permanently but it does seem like we are uh turning Janeway kind of fully towards the, the kids and it's she just comes around a little bit too late here in this episode uh, and is caught unawares
2: and, and is hopefully not killed uh, well uh, let's, yeah. let's hold on for a minute because uh, basically she's she's talking to by the way commander Tyses mm-hmm. who's played again by the V digs I'm so happy we got a Hamilton connection to this show anyway uh, they both have, I mean, I think they're both having a pretty measured discussion about who these kids are and what they can do. And she clearly does not know the name Diviner. So, in their interrogation of the Diviner, he hasn't said, my name is the Diviner yet. Mm-hmm. So, Jane Janeway doesn't know who he is. That's why she's like, I should go ask our prisoner if they if he knows anyone. <laughs> and shows up as, as captains are wont to do without any security because, you know. The only only security she needs are is her wits and <laughs> she goes and opens the door where again Asensia hasn't like locked the door before you know revealing herself or whatever because when you're about to like when you're a villain in a kids show about to reveal all of your dastardly plans uh, you're kind of you know you're in an adrenaline rush you're not thinking like what should I do to like protect myself you're just like I need to reveal everything let me hit this button before I lock the door and so Janeway walks into this whole conversation and get gets knocked out, as you were saying, Adam.
1: Yeah. And uh I, I guess with with a classic just chop to the uh uh right right between the, the shoulder and the neck, uh which instantly incapacitates her.
2: No no uh, Vulcan nerf pinch there.
1: Yeah, but I, I guess maybe maybe it's the same the same nerve. You why why pinch it when you can chop it?
2: Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. It's more, uh, it's it's more, uh, action oriented this way, right? Uh, the masses demand action, and we'll give it to them. So there we go. All right. So yeah, Janeway is now their prisoner. We don't know if they leave the ship yet. Presumably, at some point they will, because you—it's kind of hard to you know keep a captain imprisoned on their own Starfleet vessel, uh, unless you find a way to imprison the rest of the crew. But who knows?
0: Yeah, I'm curious where this goes. They—they definitely don't have the. Uh the numbers to take over the ship um so they need to escape, and that would make more sense in trying to sneak into the neutral zone um, unless the dauntless has a fabricator like
2: the protostar hmm. and they can make like seven or eight dreadnoughts.
0: And that's uh that's two two plot a's then next episode onwards. <laughs> and as I
2: recall, we saw Chakotay fire his phaser
0: at the dreadnoughts, and nothing happened. Am
2: I misremembering that?
0: I no, like yeah, the bird and Chakotay fired. Yeah, I, I thought yeah. I thought they were done for. I thought I thought the bird was done for, but uh, they just took him prisoner. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I
1: I thought we were gonna see them uh, potentially both just like murdered, but uh,
2: glad that we didn't go quite all the way there. <laughs> yep, yep. So. Any other pieces that we need to discuss about this episode, guys, before we give it a rating? Anything that you'd like to bring up?
0: I'm just curious to maybe brainstorm a bit on what, what happens next. I mean, I think we're all in agreement that they potentially escape unless they can increase their numbers. Mm-hmm. Um and and in the in on the protostar, they're gonna learn about uh the runt of the litter. Called Molly. Janeway's Janeway hologram's giving a bit of backstory. So that's gonna yeah. happen.
2: That so that's a that's a story in the the book, the backstory for Janeway that's written by Una McCormack, where she had a dog named Molly. And that's the dog at the beginning of Voyager who has puppies. Yeah. Oh, that's the connect. And I believe kind of, <laughs> It's been a while since I listened to this book, but I think that her ex who's taking care of the dogs, like gives her one of the like descendants of Molly as well. Yeah,
1: because they're uh it's uh Mark, if I if I believe or if I recall correctly.
2: Yeah, Mark, Mark is the guy, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, good catch, good catch. Also, by the way, Janeway in her I forget if it's her quarters or the ready room that Tysius finds her, but Number one, she's listening to Chopin, which is like, and she's listening to the most depressing Chopin piece ever made. If you're ever feeling sad, listen to that; it will make you feel worse. <laughs> um, it's it's that that is one of my favorite pieces of music, but it is so depressing. And she has a little Voyager model in there. Did you see this? Yeah, I I saw that.
1: That was that was a nice little uh nice little visual callback.
2: Man, will Star Trek stop at nothing in their merchandising? <laughs> but anyway no that was really cute I was like oh, you know pointing at the screen uh, making those noises is great okay alright well strange new ratings which one of you would like to stick your neck out and give Preludes a rating and remember Aaron J. Waltke
0: is listening <laughs> <laughs> uh oh well I'll um it's interesting for me again, since I saw the last three episodes in one shot, but I think it's moving along at a good pace. Um, there's intrigue, there's, uh, there's suspense, there's background stories, all of that. And, and it's not really, it, it's holding together well. So I will give it, um, I will give it nine vindicators out of 10 diviners. <laughs> you divine for 10 <laughs> and you find nine. You, you're vindicated.
1: <laughs>
0: perfect. Perfect.
1: Yeah, I uh I, th- I think I'm gonna give this one a a solid eight uh I, I liked getting to learn all the different backstories that we we have from the the kids uh and uh certainly move the plot along uh and I guess glad that we repaired the ship uh I I think kind of like last time we it's a a bit of an interstitial kind of episode maybe a, a little bit of a uh a I, I, at least with the kids, not not much is happening. It's just that they're sort of uh, actively telling stories to each other while doing something. Uh, but uh, there's we learned a whole lot, and I'm excited for future episodes, and for us to have to go do some time rescuing at some point.
2: I am going to give this episode a 9.5 out of 10. Um, oh. it, is, yeah, it, is, it is this close to perfection for me. I don't think it was like, and I don't think that half point is something that I need to, like, go into, like, and this was the moment that cut a half point <laughs> off for me. But it's just, do it's, it. it's a really good episode, I think, for people who are into Prodigy. Like, if you think about the, like, episodes in Prodigy, which ones could you skip and which ones do you mm-hmm. have to watch? I think this one is a must-watch. Yes, it's, absolutely. A, and unlike a lot of must-watch episodes from certain other series that involve... um the Bairn. Uh, there it's it's a must-watch episode that tugs at the heartstrings and is actually a very compelling story. So you don't it's not mm-hmm. must-watch because you have to watch it to understand the season. It's a, it's a must-watch for that reason, and it actually gives you some of the most tender moments in the show. So I really like this episode. Also, the parts that the podcast intern was involved in, 10 out of 10. Uh, you know. <laughs> so yeah. there we go. All right, all right. Well uh adam rudy thank you for for making the time to record with me i know this week it was a little challenging getting us all together in the same place at the same time uh to make this happen but as always it is lovely to talk star trek with you guys so i'm I'm glad we got the chance to do that yeah thanks for bringing us here
0: thanks Naj and adam
2: yeah of course and uh thank you bill and uh emily wherever y'all are whatever it is y'all are doing hopefully it is a great time thank you to your listener for making us a part of your listening week as well uh, thank you just to go for recording our theme music we always appreciate uh hearing you strum away on the guitar and special thanks this week to nouns which is what vindicator and diviner are i never mistook them for adverbs i don't know what you're talking about um yeah if we didn't have nouns we wouldn't have these cool names for the folks in the Valnicott order so here we go special thanks to now okay everybody see you next week goodbye